How do we stop and notice that incredible, holy things happen to us every day? My name is Rabbi Lauren Holtzblatt, and this is Awake, Finding the Holy in the Everyday. When you listen, I hope you'll take a few minutes to pause, to open yourself to the possibility that holiness, connection, and presence are around us all of the time. Hi, everybody. Coming to you this week from New Hampshire, from my mom's house, my mom and my stepdad. We hadn't seen them since late January, and it just felt like it was too long of a time. And so we were very careful for a number of weeks. And then we drove, we got in the car and we drove 11 hours up here to the lake in New Hampshire. And one of the things I've been thinking about as we've been up here has been this idea of staying in our homes and being very comfortable in a single spot. And yet there are other places that call us, that have been calling us. I don't know how you felt about this, but I imagine that over these past three months, there have been people you've wanted to see, places you've felt like you need to go, family members that you're missing so deeply and trying to figure out how to get there. In Sunday's New York Times, there was an incredible article by Daniel Politi, and it was the story, I'm going to read you a little bit of it because I just think it's exquisite. Days after Argentina canceled all international passenger flights to shield the country from the new coronavirus, Juan Manuel Balestero began his journey home the only way possible. He stepped aboard his small sailboat for what turned out to be an 85-day odyssey across the Atlantic. The 47-year-old sailor could have stayed put on the tiny Portuguese island of Porto Santo to ride out the era of lockdowns and social distancing in a scenic place largely spared by the virus. But the idea of spending what he thought could be the end of the world away from his family, especially his father who was soon to turn 90, was unbearable. So he said he loaded his 29-foot sailboat with canned tuna, fruit, and rice and set sail in mid-March. And he made it. He made it to the port to see his family. And if you Google the article, you'll see a picture of him with his brother and his father. His father turned 90 while he was crossing the Atlantic. The story made me think of um, two things. And the story continues on how this particular man had a wanderlust and really traveled the country and many countries in his boat and really had this desire to see the world from an early age. And so it was both his desire to, to roam and to see everywhere out there and then also the pull, the pull from across the Atlantic for him to figure out some way to get to his loved ones anyway, right? This treacherous journey, which you'll read about, for him to reach home to see his family. There's a beautiful teaching by the Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, which is in an article called Majesty and Humility in Tradition Magazine. And the Rav, who was head of, he was Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva University, and a, just a gadol, a great of his time, 
He says in this article that the human being has two aspects to a person. She both has this desire to travel the world and see everything, to be every place. She's cosmic. She can both be cosmic intellectually, physically, and emotionally. But at the same time, the human being longs to go home. You know, we, if, we, if we roam forever, never finding our roots again, we are like Cain being Nov and Nod, forever wandering, never finding our roots. And so he says that there is a basic dialectic in every human being. And the dialectic is quoted, he quotes it from Rashi, from two Midrashim. One of these Midrashim I actually taught about last week, which is Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, which is that God gathered the dust from which a person was fashioned, with a, which Adam was fashioned from the entire earth, from its four corners. So Adam, you know, the first human being, is created from every place in the universe and can be comfortable, can find one's way anywhere. Unlike a tree, right, that can only survive in certain climates, human beings can wander anywhere and find themselves able to adapt. But he says on the opposite side, Rashi brings another midrash from Breshit Rabbah, which says that God took the dust from which man was made from that spot which was designated by the Almighty at the very dawn of creation as the future site of the altar of the Beta Mikdash, the Mizbeach of the Beta Mikdash, as it is written, an altar of earth you shall make unto me. And so he says that single spot, that Beta Mikdash, that place in Yerushalayim that our hearts pray towards tells us that the dust of a single spot is where the human being longs to return, right? And I think about this actually very broadly. I think about this in terms of moments when we grew up, Mikomot, those places that hold our hearts, whether that's the family home of your youth, whether that's siblings, whether that's camp, whether those are friends from growing up that when you get back together with them, you just feel seen and heard and known in a different way than being out in the world. And what Soloveitchik teaches is that a human being constantly throughout their lives, we're constantly in this dialectical tension, this both needing to roam and wander and be cosmic, to be out there in the world and to be exploring both physically and mentally and emotionally, but we also have a pull back to our core, to the very place that we that roots us, that gives us gives us strength beneath our feet to stand up and to be known where everybody knows our name. And that article from the Times just brought so many of those things together for me. Here's a person who longed so desperately to go home that he risked his life to get on a sailboat and to cross the Atlantic, to go on a cosmic trip in order to return home. I find myself lucky in these days to have a mom and a stepdad that live close enough, 11 hours is not very close, but close enough that we can drive. The arrival was magnificent 
getting out of the car and we actually, we didn't hug because we were wanting to keep our distance until we knew we were physically safe. But just being able to see each other in the real felt like a homecoming in a way that I had missed for a very long time. This week, I want to wish you two things. I want to wish you the opportunity to go in your mind to where you need to go, to be cosmic, to get out of the spaces that we are living in right now, and to be able to take yourself emotionally there, maybe through a picture, maybe through a phone call, maybe through exploring a place you haven't been virtually. And I also want to wish you the intention, the mindfulness practice to bring yourself home. What are the sounds, the voices, the people that help you feel rooted in times like these, times of crisis? Those places, those people that can help you feel the ground beneath your feet. I want to wish you both of those this week. Thank you so much for listening. Before I go, you can always check out more episodes at addisisrael.org slash awake or on Apple Podcasts. Please make sure to hit subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a review to let us know you like the show. It helps us to get the word out. Finally, you can email us at awake at addisisrael.org to give feedback about the show. Let us know what you like and what you want to hear more of. Thank you for listening. And I'm wishing you a holy encounter this week.